Started as a seed that grew inside a mama Learned our victories and everything that we conquer The creativity to switch the gears like karma Now I wear our history like it's a badge on a From sports to the music to teachers From students we made this, we do this Our greatness is proven And we gon' level up more until our excellence is evident Listen up ladies, gentlemen, everyone with some melanin Culture, do it for the culture Hey, 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 kings and queens. It is your girl, the one and only Tay Jordan. This is another episode of For the Culture podcast. This is actually episode nine and I know I say this every episode but I am really 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 I guess I'm excited for every episode but I'm really really excited for this guest that I have on with me today I have Miss Sheena Preneur Sheena Parker um she is you're from Atlanta correct I've been in Atlanta for about 15 years I'm originally from Massachusetts oh are you from Boston no, south of Boston, a little town called Brockton. <laughs> okay, nice, nice, nice. So yeah, I have Miss Parker here with me today. And uh, the topic that we are talking about today, I think I it's think a little less known topic that uh, particularly for the culture, we're really not uh, familiar with. That's why I'm really excited to, you know, put you guys on to game. She's just a wealth of knowledge. Uh, we're talking about government contracting today. So the topic is government contracting. It's a lot of money in that. And it's money out there for the taking specifically for us to take the, it's, it's there for the taking. So with no further ado, Sheena, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Nice, nice, nice. So I usually just start off, you know, give us a little bit of background, you know, where, well, I know where you're from now, but, uh, you know, if you can just give us a little bit of your background. Okay, well, yeah, like I said, I've been in Atlanta for about uh, 15 years. I've always, always been an entrepreneur. So I've always done different things. I've been in the army actually for, for 18 years. I'm looking at retirement soon and it's totally separate from what my business actually is. So I'm just a, a, a multifaceted type of learner. So, um, so yeah, so I was in the real estate industry for about five years and I started off kind of backward. I did, uh, I became a landlord of a condo and that was like probably the worst experience I ever had. And then I started flipping, I flipped two houses and then I started wholesaling and I just thought this is all very, very stressful. So I'm not going to really? <laughs> I, I wholesale as well. It is, a, it's a, it's an interesting game. It's a tiresome game, but it uh, is. Cool, cool, cool. So are you, so you mentioned that you've always been into entrepreneurship. How did you, what generated that bug for you? Were, were your parents entrepreneurs? Did you grow around, grow around it or? Not, not one person in my family was an entrepreneur. Not barely anyone in my family had a job, let alone tried to be entrepreneurs. So I don't know. I tell my kids I'm from Pluto because I have no idea where where it came from. No one talked business around me. I just knew, oh, maybe I can sell this. That was just kind of how it started. I didn't really understand the concept of what business is. I just knew 
maybe if I sell these basketball cards at 12, maybe I can make some money. That's Oh, wow. You was hustling basketball cards? Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that's what's that. That sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, are, are you into basketball? Um, not really. I'm kind of okay. forced. My son, well, he used to play. And my husband's very much into basketball. So gotcha. we're a sports family, but not really into basketball. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So you started off in real estate. You decided that really wasn't your, your, your niche. Then you got into government contracting. What, what led you down that road? Well, I guess to be clear, I wasn't into being a landlord. So okay. I had four properties, sold them all. And I'm like, if someone says real estate to me, I'm going to like throw up. I can't do oh, it. Oh my so, gosh. Um, but Why then, not just, you didn't want to just get property management? <laughs> I had property management. It's oh, still, wow. yeah, it's a long story. Gotcha. But I, I just took a break from real estate and just tried to figure out what do I actually want to continue to do. And so the government contract and conversation was coming up in random conversations. Like, why don't you, you, you can be a set aside, you're a veteran. And I'm like, what is, I don't even understand the concept of what you're saying. What is, what is a set aside? What is government contracting? And so I just started doing some research, Googling and YouTube university and all these things. And I really am like the trifecta. I really am the unicorn who could, who could uh, maximize on government contracting. And then of course be a value to someone else because I'm bringing that to the table, minority black, uh, minority female veteran. And it was like, wow, this is, why is everyone not doing this? But I wanted to stay in real estate. Mm -hmm. so I wanted to figure out how that could translate. And so it translated into facility maintenance. Gotcha, about, about what year was this? This was in 2016 when the first conversation came up. Okay, cool, cool. So I think government contracting is a term that, you know, people, we've heard it, but we don't really know what it is. What exactly is government contracting? So basically, and I'm glad you asked because it, it's, it's a lot more simple than people think. It's not its own thing. Government contracting is basically your client. So okay. you have a business, for example, if you do property management, that is your business. Now you want to expand your business via government contracting. You say, hey, government, I want you to give me a chance to provide uh, property management services for you. Oh, by the way, uh, you, you're obligated by, if it's federal, you're obligated to spend a certain amount of dollars with a small business, which is 20%. For, okay. with, with women owned, that's, I believe it's 5% now. And veteran owned is is seven percent, and service disabled veteran owned is five percent. So you you're obligated to spend money with me. You're the largest client, largest buyer in the country or in the world, really. And I want to be able to provide that service for you. So government contracting is is really just a whole bunch of regulations around being a client. That's that's the long and the short of it on the federal side. Got you. So for these obligations federally, is that annual obligations that they have to set aside for these small businesses or how does that work? It's, it's a percentage of whatever. So if they have a billion dollars to spend, they have to allot, supposed to allot 20% to small business just off the rip. And gotcha. then women own 5%. So whatever their, their total dollar amount, even if it goes over their dollar amount, or like right now we're facing a pandemic, a lot of their budgets have been increased or decreased. So they're obligated to spend that certain amount to that specific uh, uh, set-aside category. Gotcha. Now, what exactly are set-asides? So a set-aside is the government has to set aside a dollar amount 
-hmm. for that particular category. Women-owned, veteran-owned, service-disabled veteran-owned. They have a program called 8A, which is kind of similar to a minority uh, set aside, and that's one of the highest of them. Hub zone, if your business happens to be in a hub zone area, then they have to obligate, I think it's 3% for that one, mm -hmm. in order to uh, meet their obligations. Gotcha. So when, when for these set-asides, like for instance, you're, you yourself, you're a veteran and you're a woman, when you check multiple boxes, does that, I guess, like help your, your chances more so, or how does that work? Yes. Um, so outside of the 8A, let's just use woman-owned and veteran-owned, for example. Say it is the end of the fiscal year, which is September 30th for the federal government. They are they're scrambling trying to spend a certain amount of money because they have to spend it or else whatever they don't spend is not going to be allotted to them for the next fiscal fiscal year starting October 1st. So they say, oh my goodness, we didn't we didn't set aside any contracts for women owned. Oh, we wow. didn't set enough away. Uh, we didn't set aside enough money for um, for veterans. So me having multiple boxes, I'm fulfilling multiple needs that they may have, which they usually don't fulfill all of their uh, obligations as far as the set-asides. So checking, having the, multiple, uh, having the multiple set-asides is definitely advantageous. In addition to that, sometimes they just solicit for that. They'll put out a contract saying they need janitorial services. This is 100% woman-owned uh, set-aside. Wow. So, you, so when you say 100% owned, th that company can't have any male co-founders or anything like that. Like it has to be. They can have, well, it has to be 51, 51, 49 and also. Okay. So majority. Majority, but also day-to-day -day operations. So you can't just say, yeah, me and my husband, I'm 51, he's 49, but he's literally doing the whole construction business. Like they, they come and check. Oh, so they want you to be physically working within the business as well some sort of some it's it's little parameters in there like if you do all the payroll and you have 100 employees that's a significant amount of operations mm -hmm. so maybe your your husband for example does all of the grunt work with the workers but you're doing every single thing else administratively then that's equivalent gotcha so you mentioned that not every office actually uh utilizes their their set asides or their obligations or honor them so with that, if that's the case, does that, do they just lose that money or does that go to companies that's not necessarily eligible? How does that work? Um, kind of apples and oranges. They're supposed to meet it. Now, does every single agency meet it every single time? Then, I mean, it, it doesn't really have anything to do with that particular amount of money because they can allot that money at the end of the fiscal year to whomever. But if, they, if they're getting audited and they, it shows that they're not allotting any money to any, any minority, woman, uh, veteran, 8A, then they have an issue. Like 8A is a little bit more intense where they absolutely have to, and that's absolutely mandated. They can't not do that. But because of that, because 8A is such a, uh, such a special program, they usually will meet that. But it doesn't really have anything to do with the, with the money, but for like auditing purposes or karma, ethic purposes, then they will not fulfill that. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I follow. Okay, so let's talk about your first contract. First of all, in terms of the industry that you work in, what, what business do you, do you use for your government contracting? 
It's basically what would be considered facility support services. So it's light construction, anything under construction that doesn't require a uh, general contractor's license. So we do um, janitorial is probably about 60% at this point, my, con my contracts, mm -hmm. uh, flooring, floor repair, painting, roof repair. Um, we've actually renovated um, a school bathroom where we just replaced the stalls. So that kind of falls under construction. I'm okay. doing some real estate stuff, like complete housing, because the, the government owns houses too. Mm -hmm. So it's a residential property that needs renovation, but it doesn't technically fall under facility maintenance. It falls under real estate in addition to property management. So it, that's everything pretty much under facility support services. Oh, and landscaping as well. Oh, wow. wow. So the government has privatized companies for property management? Oh, wow. See, that's the type of stuff we just don't think about. We just think, oh, you know, that the government has a department that handles that internally. But that's interesting. That's interesting. So in terms of, okay, so your business is facility management. And if a person is interested in getting involved, first of all, did you already have your facility management business or did you specifically go into facility management with the goal of getting into government contracting? Yes and no. I already was doing a lot of the renovations with the real estate that I was doing for my business, just for me, me, my business. So it wasn't really that I had to create the business in order to do contracting because I was sort of kind of doing it. The only thing I really needed to learn how to do was the paperwork, which mm. is <laughs> Yeah, I so bet. Anytime I, you deal with the government, it's going to be a lot of red tape, right? Ooh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, actually, I guess compared to some other types of things, no, because they tell you exactly what they want. You know, I fill out this document, write this here, write this there. I love it because I'm, you know, a military person. So I'm like, this is the best thing ever. You know, oh, so it's, it's, it's good instructions then, huh? Oh, yeah. There's instructions. Um, when you get into the, the, the super million dollar contracts with uh, for federal, then it's very, very, you have to have technical proposals and stuff like that, which... I mean, realistically, you can just pull it offline, do your thing, um, as long as you can perform. You know, at the end okay. of the day, can you perform the contract? People come to me all the time and say, I want to do government contract. And I'm like, but do you have, a, have you ever had a business? Mm -hmm. This is not, let me fly by night and start selling some products or providing these services because mm -hmm. they're going to expect you to perform. Be able to complete. That's oh. what I want. Yeah, I, I bet. That's what I wanted to get into. So being that you already had that experience uh, a bit in facility management with your real estate background, for a person that's getting that wants to get involved with the government contracting, do you think it would be ideal first to get your feet with, with, you know, not getting that government money, but actually getting your feet with, with, you know, doing your business for a year or two? Is there actually a requirement, like years of experience, uh, revenue, or any minimums even to do government contracting? Yes and no. Some ask. So let me clarify, like there's federal, there's pretty much three tiers as far as contracting is going. Okay. Federal government, that's where the set-asides matter and they have the obligation and not all of them are very large contracts, but that's usually the larger million, billion dollar contracts. Mm -hmm. You have local contracting, which is also like the state where you register as a vendor with the county, city, school system. There can also be million dollar contracts, um, six, six figure contracts. So they're set aside. There's no real set aside unless they say, hey, this, we want this to be minority based. 
Then mm. you have supplier diversity, which is the corporate side where you work for Wells Fargo, you do, you know, landscaping for Boeing, you know, that type of stuff. So there's three different tiers and they all have their own ramifications. So someone who, who wants to get started, I wouldn't say they need any amount of time. So for me, for example, I go into government contracting. I already been doing real estate for some years and they're, they're asking for at least two years of past performance. I don't have two years of federal past performance, but I have two years of past performance. Gotcha. So you can't tell me I don't know how to strip a floor, you know, that type of thing. Um, but sometimes they will say in the contract or the, or the solicitation that you need to have equivalent, like you need to have cleaned an entire campus mm. in the last two years, give me the name and the number of the person who you did that for. And so now you're kind of like, Ugh, yeah. you know, do I really want to, can I tackle this? Do I want to tackle this? Do I want to fight it? Do I want to ignore it? You know, whatever, whatever it is with that. So really you need to understand a concept of business is probably the best advice I can give. If you're new to the industry, but you know how to be agile in business, then you should be fine. Gotcha. So for the bidding, it actually puts the requirements, like you mentioned that they want you to do, you know, two years of this, that, and the other. So do you find it, I guess, does it happen often to where those requirements are, are, are I guess, lenient and not as stiff with the two-year requirements and stuff like that? Or is that kind of much standard? Yeah. Well, they usually ask for references. Okay. And, you know, references. Whoever. <laughs> I don't want to put out any bad stuff out there. I got you. But you know. Yeah, it, yeah, I feel you. But if they're saying we need you to have at least five years of experience when it comes to um, something that can't be faked, like paving, you know, like don't say you have five years of experience in paving and you get there and asking you questions and you're like, uh, I thought <laughs> this. And then it's all bad, you know, because now you, not only are you probably not going to get that contract after you go to the site visit, they're going to remember your name, your company. Oh, you might go to DNR. Prove yourself for, you know, for the, for the infamy, you know, not really. Yeah. But, but sometimes that just, just really being realistic with yourself and not just saying, I want to play the government contracting game. Mm -hmm. Can I do this? Even if I don't have the past performance, can I fudge the past performance, but I know I can actually do it mm -hmm. then you know, go so I, I'm, I'm happy you talked about that. Cause I think a lot of people say they want to do government contracting and it's like, well, I'm a creative business and then go get a government contract. And it's like, it's one of like no, <laughs> yeah, that, that's not necessarily, you can't necessarily do that. So, um, let's talk about, okay. So facility management in terms of your business structure, did you, were you already, did you already have like internal employees? Did you subcontract out your employees? What does your business structure in terms of your workers look like? Are they 1099? Are they? Solo dolo. And I subbed everything out. I, I got lucky when I started real estate, I already had a contractor that I used and he went and found everybody I needed for every single thing. And so, this was after you got the contract? This is way before. This is before okay. I thought about contracting. This is back when I first started in uh, real estate back in 2013. Oh, okay. And I met him and everything that I was thinking about doing with government contracting, he could provide the people. I didn't ask any questions. He, I, what oh, is wow. the price for this? He gave me the price. I do all the paperwork. Boom. We're bidding on contracts. That's how it started. <laughs> now I realize <laughs> uh -huh. 
you can't really put all your faith into one human. So, um, you know, moving forward, just having someone to help, you know, just like with any business, figuring out what, what you can and cannot handle. And I realized at some point I couldn't handle all of my, the actual documents. Cause some of these contract solicitations are like 70 pages long. And so you're talking 25 pages of just data that you have to put mm -hmm. in and then you read it. Cause some of them are like, you need to write in blue pen on one <laughs> sentence and you miss it. And they're going to deem you non-responsive and you put wow. all these hours into, you know, and torture into it. Um, oh, that's like a balance sheet almost. If you get one thing wrong, it's, it's done. It's done. Okay. If you don't sign one and some of them want like 10 separate envelope copies and it gets, yeah, it gets really, really crazy. Okay. And they want them hand delivered, whatever. So um, right now I am actually, I did some interviews today for an executive assistant. My daughter was doing my admin stuff. She was a rock star with nice. that. That's where I really, really needed the help and I could do everything else. I did hire someone at the very beginning. Uh, what is that? 2018? No, 2019 okay. to do the contracts for me. And she did a great job. I mean, she she knew the industry a lot more than me. So she kind of just pretty much told me what I need to do. So it helped me mm -hmm. figure out moving forward. Okay, I got to make sure I fill this part. I can't ignore it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I can't just pretend like they don't need that information. Okay. Um, so she was great. And I, you know, I paid a, re a retainer. All these people are subs with the exception of my daughter. All these people were, were subcontractors and they provided the service and I just paid whatever. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So but, let's talk about, oh. Well, I just want to say, I encourage everyone to bid on their, at least their first contract because you need to know what right looks like. You need yeah. to go through it, the pain and the torture. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So let's talk about this first contract. What year was the well, 2016, right? No, no, oh. no, no. So I was, like I said, I was always an entrepreneur. So I used to just jump into stuff. I don't know how my husband is still with me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, and I'll just go and do it. Like uh -huh. what, what, what the end result was. So this was the first time I took my time. When I first started thinking about it at, in December, 2016, I didn't bid on my first contract until June of 2018. Wow. Like I need to, I, I don't know. I just felt like I wasn't comfortable yet. Yeah. So I bid on my first contract and I won. Nice. And it was terrible. I gave the worst <laughs> price ever, ever. Oh, ever. Wait, you oh. set your price? Yeah, but I didn't know what I, I, I didn't know. I was oh. just like, okay, let me Google some past uh, similar contracts. And the number was just terrible. <laughs> That's why you won, huh? <laughs> my contract that was, right, exactly. My contract was like, oh, who's doing that? I mean, oh, wow. I, he probably could have did it, but you know, it was, he's like, no, not going to work. So I had to cancel it. Yeah, I had yikes. to cancel the contract. So is that how it works? I don't know why I always assume that the government says, hey, we're paying this and then people bid on it. But you're telling me the actual bidders set their price, huh? Yes, which is torture. It's torture because you really want to be now. Okay, let me back up. This is local contracting I'm talking about. Okay. This was a state. This was a, a, a city contract a county contract. Mm -hmm. So they asked for your price and it was itemized, you know, for one month, for a quarter, for the annual price. And so not only do you want to 
be like make make it look like you know what you're doing but also you need to be competitive and you have no idea what other people are going to bid some people you know they're the incumbent or they already they do the work themselves mm -hmm. i'm not so i'm using the price of someone else and then putting something on top so i have to sometimes mm. the standards so have to spread yeah but sometimes you know it, that may not be it but with federal sometimes if you do if you have employees, they have the fair wage, fair wage um, determination. So you ha they know you have to at least pay this price for work oh, wow. for the for workers. Usually. Gotcha. So yeah. for federal contracts, if you're using federal employees, it's mandated what you have to pay those guys. Interesting. Right. right. Okay. So okay, so you first contract you bid it on, you won, but then you had to cancel it. Was it any penalties for that? What were the ramifications for that? Because I feel like that's everybody's fear. Like, oh God, I won. I wasn't expecting to win. Now what? Yeah, I well, unbeknownst to me, because I didn't really read, I must have skipped that part about <laughs> I was like, don't care. So uh -huh. um I actually canceled within the 48 hours that oh, okay. in the contract. And really, I mean I can only speak from experience, but I would want to say if you if you're communicating with the with the contracting officer and you're like, whatever the whatever the situation may be, I cannot perform this based on X. It's not like you started it and then you just left site and you're nowhere to be found. That's that's a different type of termination than we haven't even broke, you know, put the shovel in the ground yet. And I'm expressing to you that I cannot perform this contract for X reason. So sometimes it's probably going to be a big problem, depending. But in my case, I got lucky because I was just like, hey, yeah, <laughs> can't this do ain't it. Work. This yeah. ain't gonna work. Yeah. So gotcha. yeah, I, I made it. I made That's it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so is that standard like that? I guess that window to get out, like that 48-hour window, is that standard for the government? Not really. No. Really? Mm -mm. So um, I don't know. Has this ever happened to you, to where you wanted to get out, and this, but then you were stuck? Is does can that happen to companies? Oh, oh yes. I funny story, not funny story. I have a friend right now who has a significant. She's a sub, mm -hmm. significant janitorial contract, and she quit. And it was a very lucrative contract. Wow. And it was, it was just a lot, a lot of details, um, not to put her out there, but it was a lot of details that weren't her fault at all. And she was the sub, <laughs> you know, Yikes. and she's like, I cannot take it anymore. So, you know, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. And that's why I really try to harp to people that, yeah, I know it sound they make it seem so sexy, but you know, it's what are the, what pull back the curtain and and reveal and it also of course depends on what you're selling there was a young man i watched his interview he was 14 years old and all he did was bid on like um jail contracts and he was providing beans and and cereal and socks you know really you're a 14 year old 14 he was yeah. so impressive I, I gotta send you that is impressive you know uh, what I, i'm always on youtube university actually how i found out about you was on youtube university um Casino is the name. I was on his channel and, uh, you know, I'd be, I comment and I'd be comment creeping sometimes and I'm reading <laughs> the comments and I'm like, oh, wow, this young lady seems to be very, very successful. So then I had reached out to you. I also saw you in a comment on uh, EYL. Oh, yeah, I'm all, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh my goodness, that's the same woman. I got to reach out to her. 
Okay, so in terms of the, um, okay, so we went over what to qualify. So what are, we talked a little bit about the level. So I know that there's local, which is that state, right? Is that also county or how does yep. that? So what are, what are all the levels? Yeah, so federal is, like I explained, where the, any federal agency. So a lot of people just think that's the Army, the Navy. That's also a Department of Agriculture, HUD, mm -hmm. um, all these different federal type agencies and you would do the same like going through beta.sam and those websites and you contact them through that way and they're the ones that are held at a different obligation they mm -hmm. in local they have separate fiscal years they have um, usually a lower budget that includes school systems too like college um so they have different budgets they Wait, have college college is included yeah oh yes so like public institutions Right, like um, okay. a state university. Gotcha. Wow, that's interesting. So the only way, so how does one, is it just the bidding? How, how does one, I guess, uh, get involved with this? Is it just the going to the resources, the websites, or, or how does that work? And how, how often does bidding happen? Multiple times a day. So wow. there, so beta.sam for the federal contracts, there, you can look through there and see you never really know when they're going to post. Cause I mean, they're still human. So they're posting whenever they get a chance to post. Mm -hmm. And there's very, uh, a wide range of websites that can give you like deliver the solicitations for you. Like I can put in facility maintenance for this particular, whatever company for them to deliver the services to me. And they'll give me for that day, everything related to facility maintenance for the federal, for local, counties, city, whatever. And then I can just kind of go through them and check to see if I'm interested in bidding on it. And it'll take you to that particular website. Now, you also can, for the state level, register as a vendor. Mm -hmm. And if you register as a vendor, sometimes they'll just send a solicitation for quote or request for quote to you. No, oh, wow. So they'll just say, hey, um, here's a statement of work. Here's the pictures, like two pages and give me your quote one line send it back so they're basically in that regard they're basically seeking you out to see if you if the if it's a good fit for them okay cool 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 and you say this happens multiple times a day in terms of the bidding all day every day and this well, is all year round oh yeah and when you say bidding it's it's not always bidding it might be a request for quote a request mm -hmm. for quote or um request for proposal it might be um, just, hey, send me back a number because some, some of the agencies have a, a threshold where they can just swipe the card. Um, that's like micro-purchasing where you can just, I think it, because of COVID, it's up to maybe 10,000, something like that, don't quote me, but mm -hmm. where they'll just say, hey, we need 10,000 computer mice. Let me, you know, give me your price. And you're like, shoot, I got the, I got the connect over in whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it for this amount, put your little spread on top, and they you send them an invoice, they swipe the card, you know. So boom. let me ask you, if that's the case, so being a middleman like that, why wouldn't the government just go direct to uh, the source to get their product? Why would they use the middleman, I guess I'm asking? It's just like, why don't people cut their own grass, you know? They just, it's just one of those things where they they don't have time to have, I'll say for the Army, they don't have time for soldiers to cut the grass every two weeks. They don't have... They don't have the, um, the manpower, mm -hmm. they don't have, you know, all these things. And it's just, it's a, 
I want to loosely say it's like a cultural thing where they need stuff done, they're going to pay someone to do it. And then, oh, by the way, you get incentives for certain things, especially if that particular county is trying to fulfill that uh, minority goal or woman goal or whatever. So they, they get some sort of uh, benefit for that. They've, they've helped everyone out. Gotcha. So essentially, you're telling me any business, uh, well, just about any business, there's something that the, you know, the government needs contractors for just about anything. Like I heard on EYL that they had a distributor for like, they used a contractor for like plates and stuff like that, or even like music, which I was like, wow, that's crazy. They're looking for a guitarist. Uh -huh. One guitarist. I'm like, you couldn't find anyone in the organization that could be a guitarist, but that's, I mean, any peanut butter. I told my friend the other day, I said, I'm going to bid on this peanut butter um, contract. Right? They needed like a pallet of peanut butter or something like that. I'm like, I'm going to do it. But you that's know. crazy. It, so, like, yeah. With, with stuff like that, how would you even know, like, the price? You know what I'm saying? Like, am I just pulling this out of the air? It's like, oh, I think this should cost this much. Like, because the government is, is, is trusting you that you know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things where that's why you really shouldn't just create your business around starting government contracting. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've been doing construction for 10 years, you know your prices. I didn't know prices. I was relying on, on Google University and this one human contractor, you know, so it's, that's yeah. it. That's interesting. I wonder now uh, the, the, a light bulb is starting to go off. For those that don't necessarily have a business just yet, what, uh, how, what type of idea do you think it is for a person that wants to get involved with government contracting, but they see like, you know, maybe it's a black owned construction company or whatever around town, or even like the contractors around town that's black or whatever and that's doing business and they've been doing it for a while but they're not into government contracting what if they got involved with that business and it was like hey you know does that happen or yes yes that's okay. pretty much what i i had been doing but the benefit is for me to be the prime because yeah. i am the you know the trifecta so no most people they don't want to deal with that paperwork. That's what I hear every single time. Mm -hmm. They're like, even people that have tried to start or done something similar, they're like, look, I am not doing 12 envelopes of 25 pages of a document. Wow. I'm not doing it. I'm just not. I don't care. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not leaving no money on the table because of the paperwork. Like, that's what I'm not going to do. <laughs> and here we're going to take a quick break. This is for the culture podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at the underscore for the culture. Again, that's at underscore the number four, T-H-E, culture with a K. And also make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. I was like, that's where I excel. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Have my kids line them up and stamp them. And uh -huh. them. But I mean, and because of the industry I'm in, construction facilities, these are, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's male dominated. Mm -hmm. And most of these men are doing manual labor their whole life. They're not sitting behind the computer doing this stuff. So I, that's where I always excel. I go to mm -hmm. them and say, hey, I'll do this. Mm -hmm. What's your price? You perform the work and we live, you know, happily ever after. So that's interesting. So if a person did do that and it's like, hey, you know, I can really leverage this guy's labor and this guy's experience. If that's the case, does that mean, being that it has to be, you know, for these set-asides to get approved, maybe it needs to be woman-based, minority-based. So with me having to be 51%, 
do what I have to now incorporate a new business, do a new LLC with this person, or how does that work? Yeah, so you can do JVs or you can do uh, what's the other term? It just escaped me. Uh, a joint venture, JV, or I can't think of the other name. Oh my goodness! You can create a new business or y'all can come together. Okay. Is that the protege that you were talking about? Or you were saying something? No, about no, okay. that's well, kinda, but that's that's SBA regulated. Like you have to check in with them and everything with okay. the mental protege program. So it's, it's similar because the mental protege program is supposed to set you up for success, set you up with the alley-oop, and then you go and, bit and do the contract and they perform the work. So it's very similar, but it's, it's different because the SBA wants so much from both people and most pro, uh, mentors don't want to deal with all of that. Really? That's what I've been finding. Um, but yeah, so that, that's very, very, very common. That's preferred actually they people mention if you're new just partner up with the company that's already in existence and bring your value as long as you're it sounds so corny but as long as you're like a hard worker and willing to do what you need to do yeah then any you know don't just go to people saying can you help me and we say over and over and over and all these seminars and everything but you just can't go to people like that because at a certain level you don't really have that kind of time, I want to help you. I'll talk to you, but I, I just can't sit here and just mm -hmm. say, do this, do this, do this. Okay, look, this is what I'm bringing the value to sure. you. I can do all the, me, I can do all the paperwork. I'll do, all, all you need to do is literally write some numbers in a text message. That's all I need from you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. Make it yeah. seem, seamless for them, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So in terms of the payment structure, okay, so you win this bid, is it a float that you do they give you the money up front or do you got to float until the completion of the project and that payroll and that's completing that project is all on me how does that work so for my second contract which i also won that was a six-figure contract and i was like whoa this is crazy because you know i've never seen that in any business i've ever done put together so mm -hmm. it was it was a material floor repair so it was materials plus plus service Mm. You, sometimes when there is a material type contract where they're paying for the material and paying for the service, you can ask for an advance for the materials. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, was I using every drop of money for the materials? Of course not. I was using it to float the workers and, okay. and you know all the other things that we needed. And then some, of course, personal capital and credit cards and all that kind of stuff to get to the end and it's usually net 30. I mean, mm -hmm. federal is typically net 15, okay. state and local, it could be 30, 60, 90. If you don't submit an invoice, you don't submit an invoice the right way, they might be on vacation. Like literally that happened to me. Like everybody's on spring break. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like when they coming back what you mean <laughs> so those type of things you know you have to i'm not even going to say you have to have capital because some people go out here and they do what they need to do mm -hmm. and figure it out hey i usually tell people especially if i hire a sub that's hiring people you get paid when i get paid now if that doesn't work because some of them um Sometimes it's, you know, a couple of weeks or if it's a quick turnaround, one week or a couple of day contract, I'll usually just try to pay them or I just say, hey, a week after your performance. And really, 
some of these people just don't some people just don't do right when it comes mm -hmm. to working so it, contracts and all that they may not ever get paid if wow. they work on the job or decide they don't want to do it and all the other kind of stuff that's a whole nother conversation but just making sure that your paperwork is tight even mm -hmm. before you're talking about the money you know yeah it sounds like a lot of accounting and paperwork so do you have like or well you say you're good at that stuff right, right? No, <laughs> like, I failed accounting three times in college. Girl, I dropped my business minor because I couldn't get past accounting one on two. I said, you know what? This whole balance sheet and one number off, it ain't balance. I'm good. I'm good. Ooh, and I'm like, I love numbers. I love money. I can count in my mind. Not the same. Not right, right, right. Um, so that part, yeah, it was it was killing me because now I'm in a whole realm I've never experienced. I never had a $70,000 check you know what i mean like just yeah. here you go and then i have to figure out the tax and like making sure that i'm not paying all this money back in taxes so mm -hmm. i did have an accountant pre the contract but you know i really started getting into the bookkeeping heavy mm -hmm. because i mean at the end of the year you will literally be curled up like even if you have an accountant sometimes they're not Sometimes an accountant may not see exactly what you're trying to do. Like I hired my kids, like doing that. That's very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. It's a tax write-off too, somehow, right? Write and, yeah. and but you know, some people are like I'm going to do it for a tax write-off. I'm like, okay, but if you're only making, you know, five hundred dollars, like that tax write-off ain't really, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. let's be realistic of what you're actually trying to do. So yeah, it's a lot. It's payroll will take you out, and I really thought it was the easiest thing ever. I'm like, just. Put their w4 in there and it'd be fine yeah that's the case right <laughs> wow that's interesting so do does it ever get to a point to where how does it work if like you you gave them your number they approved your bid they give you the contract but you realize okay you didn't back out you're gonna you're gonna complete it but you need more money can you ever go back and get more money or is it like nah we agreed on this it's over with bro make it work that actually never happened to me that way. The closest thing is when we asked for an advance mm -hmm. and they said yes, which was crazy. I don't know why they say yes. They <laughs> but thank you, you know, but mm -hmm. um, you, that goes back to, can you provide the, con can you service this contract? Do you have people that you can ask money? Do you have personal credit, personal credit card, uh, business credit? Mm -hmm. Or if you're partnering with someone, are they willing to put their own money in because they know they're going to get the money back? That's mm. probably... That's probably getting started the easiest thing. If you're working with an already, already established contractor or construction or whatever, hey, can you, can you hire these people until we finish this project? It's only going to take two weeks. Mm. And they're like, yeah. You know, some of them are like, yeah, because I know the money's coming. That's kind of typical in the construction realm that they get paid later, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. So with, whether it's, they give you an advance or they say they're going to give you payment in full at the completion of it, or they're giving you a draw or whatever the case. How is it that, um, it, I guess, is it room to, well, you say it is room for negotiation. The, the contract in general is room for negotiation. Not really. Ooh, well, okay. Let me say this. You, okay. I'll use my example as well for, um, the flooring. It was eight different locations for the, for replacing their, taking out their carpet, putting vinyl flooring in. And along the way, they said, Hey, can you do this other portion of another property? Yes. But because it's kind of like last minute, 
you got to expect that we're going to mark it up just to taste if you can. Like if it says this is how much you said you're going to charge us per square foot, then that's that's for the life of the contract. Mm -hmm. But if it's something that can possibly, hey, we had to hurry up and get emergency materials. So it's going to be a couple of dollars more. And we added a couple of services, which weren't necess necessarily um, a standard price. Like we mm -hmm. did waxing, floor, floor waxing, which can range. I mean, it can mm -hmm. range tremendously. So that added a little bit more money on top of it. So it wouldn't be a negotiation, so to speak. It's just an initial okay. service. And I did that as well with, the, um, with a janitorial contract where they're like, hey, can you do some of this COVID cleaning? I sure can. <laughs> right, right, right. You want to do it tomorrow? That's cost you. It's going to cost you, you know. So it, I guess that's, that would be considered a negotiation. Do you need these other services? Gotcha. So is there like stiff deadlines for the completion of the project? Is there frequent check-ins in terms of where the money is going or how does that work? Not the money because usually you're getting paid after it's all complete anyway. Okay. But as far as the deadlines, usually mm. it's really, you just can't go there and, and be a bump on a log. Like you have to get it done. Usually they'll have uh, milestones where okay. it's multiple locations you need to have two done in two weeks something like that and of course if you go faster they just love you forever uh janitorial is probably one of the most stringent like you need to have this done because they have multiple things in place sometimes for okay. the one that i had that's janitorial they have the carpet people coming right after us mm -hmm. so we can't you know lag on any of that we have to mm -hmm. complete 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 by the end of this particular day. Gotcha. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So what are, for non-performance, right? What are some, I guess, like, if like if things are out of your control, like you mentioned uh, your, your homegirls uh, issue, well, if something is out of your control, but you're, it's, it's still under your name, are there like, what happens? Like, I can't control yeah. if this contractor didn't come to work. Like, what you literally just do? happened to me last week and I almost had a nervous break. <laughs> oh my goodness. But it literally, that literally happened. Got the, got the, it was a request for quote. So it was a quick little two page thing and he didn't show up. Well, no, let me back up. Mm -hmm. I got a price from a contractor that I use mm -hmm. and then he dropped off the face of the earth when I won. No call, no show, nothing. Yikes. I mean, no, we didn't even get to the no show. He just, hey, we won. Hello? You know, <laughs> like, where are you at? That's crazy. So then I had a backup person who he had something wrong with his uh, vehicle. And he went and got the, because he had to get a background check. So he went and got the background check, got the badge, paid the $20. Mm -hmm. Something happened. I'm like, hey, just checking in. We're going tomorrow, right? Crickets. And I'm like, now I'm starting to get, you know, whoo. Right, right, right. <laughs> because this is not even something I can do. I can't do drywall painting. Like I don't, I can't crack open a wall without holding up YouTube while I'm trying to do it. Like, <laughs> right, like, right. People are gonna be looking at me like, what is she doing? So um, the guy, he just, he, he didn't answer, but then he answered at like 11 o'clock at night, basically saying, you know, cause I kind of told him off a little bit in the tech. <laughs> I respectfully told him off and he's like, right. How can, how can you say something like that when I'm having problems with my truck? I'm like, dude, like, right. I'll bring you there. Like, that's not the issue. You've got to communicate. Yeah. He's not the picture. Third person, 
got COVID. And I'm like, okay, so is this a sign for me <laughs> not to do this? And I sympathize with that, but still that doesn't help me. Yeah. <laughs> business is business. Yeah, that's true. So what am I supposed to do? So I had to cancel that contract. Yikes. Yeah. That's I mean, tough. literally, cause we're already going past, you have to perform within 30 days and with each person kind of falling off, it was continuing on and on and on and on. And I was like, that's a lot of pressure. Ooh, yeah. Girl, I already ain't got no hair. <laughs> hey, so do you really want to do contracts? <laughs> right. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'm happy we're having this discussion. So what do you think? So when when you're bidding, you don't get to see who you're bidding against or anything like that? No. The only thing you can see is it How might many? show who, but it won't show like what or price. Okay. What, why do you think, well, I don't, I guess, I don't know if you know the numbers or not. I don't know the numbers. Um, do you know, like, what percent of, like, even when you're out, I'm sure, you know, you're in an industry, so you know, like, the who's who, I'm sure, in your area in terms of, you know, who's getting government contracts. Is there, do you see many of us bidding on these contracts? If yeah. You do? I'm in Georgia. You know, this is what. Oh, I'm yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one example to where it's like, yeah. <laughs> That's everywhere you know it's good. funny because i went to one when i first got started i went to a pre-bid meeting and i felt so out of place because when i was the only girl okay I'm, always, I'm usually the only girl the only black girl usually and i'd be like mm. and <laughs> all these girls were like hey man oh you want this one too hey you know and right, I, right. wow they they've obviously been doing this for a long time mm -hmm. so i see a lot of us at the local level mm. now as far as Federal, you won't really know because um, you will know, but not really know because a lot of federal uh, contractors, they'll do anywhere. Like they'll do all out of state and, mm. and like that. So it won't really be organic to Georgia. But as far as performing work, oh yeah. Gotcha. Have you done any federal or has it like all state or? Federal. I did one federal contract um, a while, a long while ago, but because I'm still in the military, I kind of didn't really go after them as much, but I'm getting back into serving that purpose. Yes. Nice. Nice. Okay. How, how often is it that, um, well, well also, can you go back over the sites? I know you said Sam's beta.sam beta.sam. What other site, what's some other resources that people can go to, to do some research in terms of these contracts and what's available? Is it, okay. is that the primary one? Um, that's for federal. Yes. That's okay, where the, actually, the, the contractor, the, excuse me, the contracting officers will go and put the solic solicitation or pre-solicitation or sole, uh, sole source contracts or um, sources sought, which I would always encourage people to go after sources sought. They're basically just warming up the streets, asking who's available to do this. And then you submit your little information and then they put out the solicitation later or whatever. But you kind of like said, hey, I'm here, you know, that type of thing. Because most people won't, won't uh, acknowledge those. But I use uh, GovDirections. Okay. That is a free and a paid service. I'm, I'm all about free first. My girl, I feel you, me too. Uh -huh. Something <laughs> you do, you know, you have to pay for. So GovDirections, I, I signed up with them. And that's the one that I mentioned. They, they, you put in your category. And they send solicitations to my email every day. Okay. And it's, I mean, it's, it's real sexy the way they have it lined up. It's perfect for my personality. I just click on the link, boop. And I did that for, but for free, 
they send it to you, but when you click on the link, you can't go to the site. And but I used to do, I'm like, okay, this is out there. Copy the title of the link and then just Google it and I'll find it anyway. Okay. But then like, okay, she's gonna stop being cheap because this is a <laughs> service. And I did it for like a year, a, uh -huh. a whole year. And so I paid for the service, only 120 a year or something like that. Okay. And, um, so now when I click on the link, it goes to that particular vendor's website and it's, it, you know, it saves some time. So that's a really, really good one. Gov directions. Okay. Um, trying to think of some that I would, I would endorse, uh, RFP, RFP watch is another one. I believe that's also free. Mm -hmm. Um, is that RIP, RFP watch.gov or .com? Not sure. Okay, it's a, that's a simple Google search. Yeah, that's a Google search. Yeah. Um, really, I would I would say for the for Beta.Sam, that's federal. Just just go to Beta.Sam so you can get familiar with it anyway. But, so for local, do a person have to type in their, whatever state they're in, whatever city they're in? Exactly right. So I can for Georgia, I can put in my county. So uh, Gwinnett County procurement or okay. city of Atlanta procurement. Gotcha. If you register as a vendor, they'll be sending you stuff. So if you're not an email person, probably not for you. <laughs> because you're going to miss something. They're going to say, we need a, you know, by close of business tomorrow. You know, we need this. And okay. it might just be a, a one, it might just be one number, you know, mm -hmm. your quote. So it's doable. But if you don't, don't monitor your email and all that kind of stuff, you'll miss a lot of stuff. I mean, okay. you can't, you just can't do it. About what percent of your business is, is I, I guess, general clients, and then what percent is specifically government contracting? Probably like throughout a course of a year. Probably 0 0.01 regular people. Wow! So you do mostly government contracting. Yeah, yeah, because so you staying busy. That's nope. what's up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's it's, awesome. It's really. It, I just made that decision because I. I don't like begging people for mm. money and I don't like begging people to do business with me mm -hmm. and the government already wants to do business with me so that was my concern I, I I don't know why in my head I just assumed that well you know it's probably not enough work to keep each contractor each business busy throughout the year but that's that's definitely reassuring 99% of your business is what 99.9% of your business that's awesome congrats yeah. on that Oh, thank you. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's, it's definitely, it's very overwhelming, really. And that's why you really should have someone else help you with the contracts because I don't know if you ever seen the movie War Dogs. That's kind of what got me started. Mm -hmm. And it's about uh, these young guys who kind of hacked the system of federal contracting. And one of the things that they did um, was they said they bid on 10 contracts a day. Wow. I was doing one a month. I was like, wow. oh, Goodness, I need to get with it. So, you know, that it's it's the power of numbers. Can, but can you still handle it? It goes back to that. what if you win all of them? That's what you gonna true. do? <laughs> you know, what you gonna do? When you win, can you turn it down? Like, nah, that's okay. I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you can, but it's still like uh... they're gonna remember that name. You know, it's a small community. It's a small community, especially if you're operating at a local level. Is it's now will they always say 
see your name and say she just mm, I can't stand her. It's a hu it's human based. Mm -hmm. So will will this con is this contracting officer uh you know a jerk anyway? And they're like oh delete their whole profile. I don't want everyone to see their name. Maybe and they can just say oh life happens. It's okay, no problem. On to so the it's probably a good idea for people interested in government contracting that has a business. It's probably a good idea to make friends with the people that works at the office of procurement, huh? They say that. <laughs> yeah, I will say yes. I will. Okay. I would definitely say yes. But organic friendships, okay? Right, right, right. Don't bring those subway sandwiches and that coffee to that office. You will get run up out of here. They're like, who are you? Thank you for the coffee. All right. Bye. That's so funny. So yeah. how, how, let's talk a little bit. I wanted to get into this concept of subcontracting. So say I bid for something i'm not the winning bidder is it like announce who is the winning bidder and then i can contact them like hey i'm available to subcontract how does that work how does one become subcontract for federal yes so <clears throat> it's kind of multi-layered if you're i'm going to talk at the local level because it's kind of different than federal so at the local level they're supposed to send you the bid tabulation with everyone's name and everyone's bid. That's how I knew sometimes I'm like, what was I thinking? I'm way, I'm in the, the stratosphere. You Wait, they I mean? show everyone's bid? Mm -hmm. And then you look crazy like, oh my God, I can't believe I bid so high. And it show, it show your company name and everything? And your name. Aww, they and exposing name. people. Exposing like this person. And then they'll put a note like non-responsive, even if you, they say non-responsive, if you don't, like I said, sign something or you miss one thing. And I'll be like, um, you know, why am I not responsible? So with that, you can, you're supposed to get that or you're supposed to get um, something that says, hey, you weren't selected, the, win it, the, the winning bid was this by this company. And if you don't win, they are required, any, any of these agencies are required by law to give you a debrief. Now, they, <laughs> they're real funny because I've got to a debrief a few times and they're literally supposed to meet with you or some sort of really intense meeting mm -hmm. to go over everything, but they won't usually do that. They just call you and say, they don't want nothing on record. You know. Oh, uh, so what's that debrief for? Is that to tell you why you didn't win or exactly. what you can do better? Okay. Exactly right. But they'll just say, hey, um, we're, I'm calling about your debrief uh, request. Uh, you didn't get it because you want the lowest bidder. Okay. Is that all you need? All right, bye. <laughs> right. So is that generally how you win is just to undercut everybody and be the lowest bid? How, how often is it that they're not going with the lowest bidder? Great question probably 40% they're not going with the lowest bidder they call it the lowest irresponsible bidder that's like the term around the industry and this is for again this is for local so it's for federal it's usually the opposite like you know you have the wage determination so that helps a, a lot of stuff and then um, fair market price so it's like come on dude I know you cannot renovate all all 20 of these houses for 10,000 like that's just insane that's interesting so like I wonder for your county locally um, being that they're exposing everybody's bids and everybody around town know what you bid it is there because I imagine it's a small circle you know what I'm saying everybody know everybody that's in government contracting but that being said is it ever like this atmosphere to us like Oh, so and so bid at this, and 
And he the reason why, you know what I'm saying? You know how, how things is, you know, he messing up the market for us all. Because that's in my mind. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. This food and mess it up for everybody. But, you know, I don't think it's really, maybe I don't go to enough events. Okay. But, uh, I don't, it's never like you looking at the side eye like they're going, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why we couldn't get this contract. But, um, you know, and I think you asked about the subcontracting earlier. So, yes, but my point about the whole thing with the debrief is sometimes they won't tell you anything. And I'll look at all the ones I submitted and it's like two months later. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, was this ever awarded? They're like, oh yeah, it was awarded back in such and such. I'm like, wow, well, thanks, you know, pretty much thanks for letting me know. So they don't always tell you anything. Wow, that's which, interesting. Which is whack, but I mean, you know. So if you have time, to, to ask someone, hey, do you need any help with this contract? Okay. And how often is it that they're like, oh, no, you know, I want it. If they're not mandated to subcontract, because you said on federal, they are mandated. But sometimes um, mandated locally, too, especially for minority. Like um, in certain, it's so funny to say this, but in certain like predominantly black counties mm -hmm. in, in Georgia, they like DeKalb County, you will not get a contract unless you sub it or if you're a minority yourself. Like, they don't care what you got to say. Wow. It will be, they even have- That's beautiful. It is. And they even have a subcontracting agreement. Like, they give it to the sub. They're like, okay, who's the sub? Okay. <laughs> you know, wow. Like they pay them directly. They don't play. So, so that's conditional. Once the, the person that has the main contract they name their subcontractor right off the, if they're not a minority yep right off the rip that's interesting yeah, not trying to hear it <laughs> so i wonder what other states are like that well what other counties are like that that's interesting yeah. do you do so so oh, well you've done one federal i was going to ask you for do, do you plan to do other states other counties yeah i am expanding a little bit um only because you know there's only so much that is going to be available even though there's a lot like, I don't want to get trapped in the janitorial over and over and over. And it might be like, they're building up Alabama mm -hmm. and I'm like missing out on that way because I don't want to mm -hmm. go. Um, so I have been expanding a little bit. And it's funny because I was just telling somebody earlier that Savannah is four, almost five hours from me, mm -hmm. but like, what Birmingham is two hours. So I'm wow. like, it makes sense to slide on over that state line and, and perform for another state if it's, if it's feasible. That makes sense. So let's talk about the money. How lucrative in terms of the contracts that's available? Like, I know they were saying, like, it's a trillion dollar industry, right? It's just like we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Uh, like, for instance, for rentals, uh, a lot of people feel like, uh, like I'm a landlord. So a lot of people don't want to rent to Section 8. But I look at it like the government go pay their bills. You know right. what I'm saying? Pandemic or not. On the third of every month, that thing <laughs> win, lose, or draw. So, um, yeah. well, I would say in, in the midst of any type of issue, that's when the money increases, unfortunately. War, mm -hmm. pandemics, because, you know, they're the only ones with the money, really. There's, there's some agencies, like, that goes to the supply diversity as well, as far as corporate agencies. A lot of them, they were able to get the um, SBA money so now they're throwing it at a whole bunch of projects that maybe they couldn't do before. So mm -hmm. it's, it's 
I'm sorry, what was the question? Because <laughs> No, this is all good. I was just asking, is it sustainable government contract? Being that your business is 99.9% of government contracting, it still seems that it is a sustainable, lucrative uh, route to go as opposed to a traditional client. Okay, yeah, that's a great question because just here recently I read um, my favorite person that got me into government contracting is Eric Coffey, and I praise his name everywhere. Uh -huh. but, um, he had sent something out about they're going to mandate that people who are doing government contracting have 20% of their business to like regular business, not, not government contracting. Really? Like, government contracting. I don't know what the rhyme or reason behind that is, and it hasn't been implemented yet, and I don't know the ramifications, but um, I, I, it's sustainable for now, a, a million percent. Some people don't even talk to regular clients, and I get it because it goes back to kind of begging people to, to believe in your service. Like, I'm, I clean houses. Like, what else do you need to, like, why are we doing a whole thorough, you know, mm -hmm background of exactly how do I wax on wax off like <laughs> the government is saying I want you to clean if it's not done right you delay in pay not pay it's okay. very structured you know what I mean like it's yeah it's the best level of sustainability to me like you said they're not they're gonna pay they have to pay their bills Mm. It sounds like a good customer. It sounds like the ideal customer. You know what I'm saying? And it seems as though they're hands off. They're going to let you do your job, what you signed up for. And it's like, let me know when you finish. Which Ish. Okay. Ish. Okay. Want that because <laughs> uh -huh. that was one of the reasons why my friend was having an issue because the contracting uh -huh. officer at the place of performance, not the person awarding the contract and, and, and uh, vetting all the documents, but the person who's supposed to be in charge of the contractors at that physical location was the issue. Now, the one that I just did, the janitorial, they're like, oh yeah, here's a badge. We'll see you when you're finished, you know? And then uh, the one that I actually had to cancel um, for the painting, there was gonna be a police officer standing there the whole time. Oh, so it varies. It's contract by contract based. So like sometimes there can be, does the government send out like a project manager or something for to oversee? like? Well, you're usually, I would say maybe not the outdoor type of contract. I don't know how that works as far as like paving and, and heavy construction, but anything internal, usually you have a facilities type officer anyway, okay. and you have their contact information. So it's not really like the government is sending someone. It's like the Department of Agriculture, mm -hmm. um, Water Resource Center. That's okay. where you're going to be the place of performance. So that particular building has a facility uh, officer internally that works for the the water center or whatever. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So they're yeah. the ones that are that are monitoring or not monitoring whatever their their duty is to make sure it gets done. Okay. Human based. Human based. Gotcha. So what I I know we're coming up on time here. I got maybe three more oh, questions fine. for you. I'm gonna let you go. Oh, okay. Right. Cool. Perfect. Um, what's some uh say for instance if like. Do they send somebody at the completion to like make sure everything is done to their liking and their satisfaction? If they're not, are, are they really anal about it? It's like, oh, well, you know, the, the floor should have been this way or, and do you have to go and fix that or how does that work? Yes. Really? Yes. yes. And I mean, even down to are those, those baseboards, what is that? Really? Yeah. But I mean, okay. So think about it. You're in a hotel 
and you see hair on the soap or you see hair in the sink, you're going to flip out because it's like, I'm paying yeah. to perform. Or the flooring, it. you know, you said when we did the flooring, they were given an example of a company they hired to do wallpaper. And they said that they now, granted, it is kind of jacked up what the actual contractor did, but they said they put the wallpaper sideways. Mm. So the pattern didn't didn't jive because you know you go up and down, then it ends at a certain point. But when you when it went sideways and they went to connect, it wasn't even and it looked crazy. Mm. So, you know, come on, yeah. you gotta like really do what you're supposed to do. So it shouldn't sure. be like, oh, why are they on my back? You know, no one likes to be yeah. micromanaged, but just do what you're supposed to do. And then eventually you probably will have a little bit of grace. Like with the flooring, that was a fire station. So they lived there. Some of the guys uh, lived there. So they weren't really looking. They were just like, oh, wow, that's really cool. You know, they're like super uh, hands-on people anywhere. So they're like, wow, uh -huh. how'd you do that? <laughs> you know, it wasn't that's cool. malicious. It was just, you know, they're oh. there. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, and, and then too, I, you know, every, obviously, you know, your name is on the line. You want to do a good job. I mean, your work product essentially is your resume. And I imagine if you do a good job on the one job, they'll remember that. And once they see your name come across bidding on another contract, it's like, oh, you know, I know this company, they do good work. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So that's, that's really cool. Um, well, I, I wanted you to tell me a, a horror story. Well, I guess you kind of already did that. It just happened recently with the with the gentleman. Um, so we're good on that. What's been your favorite contract to date, though? So forget the horror story. Let's get into some good stuff. What's been your favorite? <laughs> um, I would say probably mm, this the one that I'm performing. What well, we just finished yesterday is the janitorial because the it's a for a, a state university. So. Okay. Last year, they gave, we were brand new. They gave us like one of the most old, dilapidated, nobody even stays in the building, just to see, just to test us out. And they said that we made that building look like it when it was brand new. Oh, wow. And they gave us a couple of more, they fired a couple of other contractors and gave us their stuff like really quickly. Like, oh my God, we fired this person. Can you perform? And they're like, oh, wow. ah. yeah. So nice. then, this, then this year, they just left us alone and they were like, we know your work. And they were just so, they're just really good people to work for. Mm -hmm. And then like the, that's, so that's one of my favorites. And then the, the, the flooring one, that's my six figure contract. So it's like, I made it, you know, that was, yeah. <laughs> it was a good feeling to know that this can really do something. And it was a good segue because if I had, there's a period of time where I was bidding on contract and wasn't winning nothing for months. Really? It does something to your ego for a minute, you know? So had that been the beginning, I would have been like, this, nobody wins these, you know, that's, it's all fake. It's only for people that know people, good old boy system. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's really, um, so it really helped me, it helped propel me to keep the motivation going. So those are, those are probably my two favorites. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. So what's next for you? I know you mentioned you may be venturing off into Alabama. What's some things that you, are you getting into other niches, other industries? What's next for you? Just something about real estate just keeps on pulling me back. So. Ah, see, come on back. Come on back home. <laughs> so, so this, this year, actually, uh, we moved into a new house and I became a landlord again against everything I said before. I was like, I have amazing tenants, which I'd never had before. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it kind of got the bug back going and I'm trying to do maybe some non-traditional type of, 
uh, landlording. Like I just watched a video this morning about mobile homes. I'm like, ain't nobody trying to do nice. the mobile homes, but the way they explained it uh -huh. might, might be more like my personality. So uh -huh. was well, this mobile home elite? Mm. It's a it's a husband and a wife, black yes, husband yes, and wife. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I love I watched it this morning. I kept skipping over it every day. I'm like, I ain't nobody <laughs> thinking about no mobile home. Uh -huh. they, it was good. It was really um really informative. So <laughs> cool. So um so that's I'm, I mean I was doing property preservation for a while. That was stressful. So who knows? With me, I just kind of say, ooh, I want to learn about that. Let me try it and then you know, keep yeah, it or, yeah. or leave it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, this has been great. This is everything I imagined to be. I, I think I learned so much. I know I learned so much. So I appreciate your time for, uh, you know, sharing your expertise with us. You know what? Um, I got a lot of family in Atlanta. Well, um, smart, not Smyrna, Douglasville, Lawrenceville, yeah. and Powder Springs. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. So next time I'm in Atlanta, maybe I can come by, shadow you for a while or something like that. Hit me no. on the hip. I'll be here. Yes, <laughs> cool, ma'am. Cool, cool. But this has been great, Sheena. I appreciate your time. Uh, one last thing. Yeah. Do you have any um, tips of advice that you would give some to somebody that's starting out or wants to get involved? I would say, what's a good tip? One good tip. Probably to understand business. Mm -hmm. You have to be extremely agile and you can't just get into it because you think government contracting is cute, fun, or sexy. You have to at least have somebody that you can work with that's in the industry or you have to just do everything you can to learn the industry. Oh, and another thing, if you're approaching people about government contracting, you need to come with some questions, not just like, I want to get into government contracting, mm -hmm. like period. Like, no, because it's so broad. Like we only yeah. talk to an hour and it's still, there's people probably still like, ah, you know, I'm, I need, I need more, which I understand. So come to people with, with something and also to understand the concept of business, not just jump into government contracting. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. Nice. So you got any, do you, uh, where can people find you at? Where can they reach you as on your, so your social media handles? I know you said you're a LinkedIn person, so let's share your LinkedIn, right? <laughs> if you cool with that. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, Sheena Parker on LinkedIn. Okay. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, Miss Parker, this has been great. I, I don't know why I say Miss Parker. I just think of Friday, Miss Parker. Like when I see your last name was Parker, I was like, Miss Parker. <laughs> Yeah, I get a joke at least once a week on that too. So yes, yes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hello, hello. Her podcast. Thanks for listening. You there, Sheena? Okay, I'm back. Yes. Okay, cool. I was just wrapping up. I thought I had lost you for good. You're back. Okay, cool. So yeah, this has been episode nine of For the Culture Podcast. She is Machina Parker. I'm your host, the one and only Tay Jordan. You can find me on Instagram at one underscore T-A-Y, Jordan like Mike. You can also follow the handle on Twitter at underscore for the culture on Instagram and Twitter. Um, peace and love. Godspeed.